0: Well, the party is off to a good start. Benny, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, um, as a way to to kick off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, Zero Networks?
1: Thanks. So, Benny, I started my year like 20 years ago as a programmer and shifted to various roles, uh, mainly in IT. uh, Went into a couple of startups that were bought by Microsoft. So in and out of Microsoft a few times or a couple of times, I guess. And uh, led various cyber solutions in Microsoft and then left again almost three years ago now to open zero networks. And as a segue actually to what we do, uh, I got sick and tired seeing all of my customers being breached. And I felt like there is nothing we are doing really with that. There is very small incremental security improvements here and there, but nothing that changes the game. And it's it seemed that it's super and way too easy for the attackers to do what they want, evidently, because you know, in the last thing of the last decade, you know, the investment in security are just going up. And yet cyber inc- incidents also go up very similarly, which is it should be you know inversed, not with the same correlation. Um, so. I just understood that the root cause that nobody is tackling because it's actually extremely hard is that networks are very open from within. One machine is compromised and it has line of sight to basically, <clears throat> excuse me, like 70 or 80% of all other machines. And that's all they need. They don't need identity, they don't need anything. They need the port open and they use exploits, they use zero days, they use you know, various tactics to spread, most of the time at least. Also ransomware. So what we do is we, found a way to close that in an tight way without actually interrupting the business. That's in mm-hmm. super high level.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned leaving Microsoft to start the company uh, three years ago. So what have okay. you uh, been up to or what have you been working on for the last three years? Well, you know, initially it's, um, this is like more of a, I guess,
1: like startup or startup stages uh, question. Um, you know, it's super fun and hard in the beginning because everything you used to get from an organization or like a large organization like Microsoft, you don't have, like you need to take care of everything. Like you need to buy the chair that you're sitting here. I'm sitting here. You need to buy, you know, the white, like you need to organize everything. That's just the logistics side. Obviously you get people to help you with that. But in, like the way I see it, and maybe just to sum up by, startup experience, I think that's the startup experience of most entrepreneurs, is you do something yourself till the point that you're almost choking for no time. And then once you understand, oh, that can be now offloaded, then you hire someone to do that. But you need to do that for yourself. uh, I think at least part of the time before you offload. So it's just a lot of work, you offload, then you have more time, but it's not really because now that is going somewhere else. And yeah. that time is shifting. In the beginning from team building, you know, getting to the product market fit, it has its phases, like making the product that actually does what I said that we do, seeing that early adoption, then how to go from that, how to have, you know, soft certification added into that and how to add all of the enterprise readiness stuff and then how to go the team while still maintaining the culture that mm-hmm. you want that drives the company forward. So it's all about that engine, basically.
0: Yeah. So what was the first hire that you made? Uh,
1: Officially, I think it was uh, Dr. Gil David with uh, an algorithm development uh, guru and machine learning and other things. Because he's super pragmatic. not huh? because like, he's an expert in machine learning. I'm not a big believer, by the way, in machine learning. He is not as well, which is funny. Because we know that that should be used very lit- in a very specific way for very specific situations. Not, mm-hmm. oh, we just throw a lot of data in machine learning and everything will be well. That's not how things work. Yeah. So he's the guy because he helps to think with me on various aspects of how to take a big problem, divide it into small pieces, and solve each of them easily. So now everything is
0: easier to do. Cool. Okay. And was entrepreneurship always a goal of yours, or, or was it something that maybe came out of the blue? Uh, that's a good question. So
1: I, I you know, I didn't I wasn't familiar with that word, like entrepreneur. I didn't mm-hmm. want, oh, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, like you, you're gonna be a doctor. You that wasn't there but from very early on like even in the army like i just wow that's a challenge i'm gonna take it yeah. like you know i just saw things that were broken or nobody's tackle why oh because it's hard work and nobody wants because everybody gets paid even without that being fixed i'm like no let's fix it it's like it should be fixed so that was my thing and i always had that independent way of thinking of doing things and fixing and hoping and it all came from there. After that in Microsoft, after that in the startups I mentioned, in
0: Microsoft again, uh, so yeah. Okay, so never a, I want to, you know, maybe direct ambition to say, hey, I wanna start a company, but always entrepreneurial in the sense yeah. that you, you sought out problems and, and sought out solutions for them. Exactly. Yeah. Cool.
1: Okay. And it was, a, it was not an easy decision to, you know, leave Microsoft with everything that that gives you. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's buy my own chair, kind of a company now.
0: It's, a, it's different. It's different. It's, it's, it's a nice chair. Yeah. It is a nice chair. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so how do you make that decision? Like you, you spoke a little bit about the, the problem that the zero networks help solve, but what was kind of that inflection point where you said, you know, this, this problem is, is great enough where it warrants, uh, you know, a, a product and a company to help solve it. And I'm the guy to go, go solve. It. What was maybe that inflection point for you?
1: Um, there are some f- things that just NDAs are prohibiting me to see. Yeah. But let's say I saw, I mean, I saw incident all the time. And I said, we're not fixing it. It's like, I just, you know, I'm very well familiar with a lot of customers because I'm friends with most or many. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm hearing stuff, I'm hearing this problem. And I analyzed that nobody's fixing it, nobody's fixing it. And it's just, you know, what do we do with that? And there was actually one big incident that I cannot share um, the name of the company, but you know, it has the best budget for security, the best security solution, you name it, they have it. Yeah. And it was a complete, you know, mess of sure. a scenario and I'm like if this is happening here there is absolutely no freaking way that anybody can really protect themselves if even if they want to yeah So well, that was seeing that was the decision point okay I, I need, and then I started with my initial ideation phase in my head of how to do that and then I you know left and continued the ideation really then with more with actual customers and you
0: know in venture uh, capital firms and and yeah, got it. Okay, and tell me about that that fundraising process in terms of you know once you you had ideated a bit, how how you go about you know funding the company uh, to get it off the ground?
1: Uh, so I made pretty much any every mistake in the book you can make. Uh-huh. Um, so. What you wanna do, let me actually tell you what you wanna do, I didn't do that, Uh, is have a very fixed sense of the problem that you can accurately describe it like I think I did fairly okay. explaining it to you now. Sure. Then, okay, what's that market size? Like, how would that look like? Who is trying to solve that? Is this something new or are you, displacing other vendors that are just failing or too old school to actually innovate there, which is what we do. And, and then talk about that and why, why you, like why can you lead that company? Why do you have the expertise? Show that you talked with customers to do all of that. So that's, that's the formula. And that's a lot of, you know, you need a lot of grant work to make that flow, you know, work basically. Easily talk about the problem, Easily talk about how you solve that. I didn't talk about how we solve that here, but you should be able to do that in a few minutes. Yeah. And then competition and show that you talk with customers that are willing. And once you have that formula, let's call it a formula, you're set. I did not do any of that. <laughs> I just intuitively understood that there was something. And then as reality forced me, I, ah, okay, I have to do this. Oh, okay, I have to do that. Like I, reality... Basically forced me into understanding all of that and doing all that, uh, which is why it took
0: me a bit longer than I would hope, but uh, yeah. Got it. Okay. And what would be kind of some lessons learned from that experience? I mean, in terms of just the the narrative or the structure that you have to the conversations, was there anything else that um, maybe you learned when you were uh, sort of initially fundraising and, and getting the company off the ground? Yeah, I mean, nailing the problem, nailing the solution,
1: why you're better, making sure you have that early sign from customers that, yep, we would love to hear that. And just making sure you're there with all that. That's Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's out. By the way, when I first raised, it's not like today today, I don't know if that's good or bad, uh, I, I'll let, the people here hearing this to decide on their own it's super easy to raise money oh it's much easier and you see that people don't need to follow all of these to actually get money yeah uh, raise money so those are that's today three years ago that was not the case that was the the era before this era which there was a lot of money in the market and There there are ways to hack your way around what I said. I'm still a believer that even if it's easy to raise the money, you need these because that would help you to get to the next stage. Like you raise the seed with those parameters. And then that gives you, let's say, a year and a half, roughly, let's say. And then you want to get to the product market fit stage so that you raise the round A. That means you have like, at least five paying customers, like five, 10 paying customers, they all say the same thing. Oh, that's the problem they solve. They're doing it great. We believe in them. Awesome. That's the early sign. Then you go and do your round A. And from there, you say, okay, well, let's start selling. And you can prove that you can start scaling sales. And after that, you have the growth stage. Uh, so, yeah. I would, I would
0: not skip these steps, even though today you can potentially to raise money. And when you think about those steps, which step are you focused on primarily right now? No, so when I
1: referred to the steps, I was talking about the, the, the problem narrative, the, like the solution, why you're better than the competition and making sure you have customers that are saying, yeah, we would like that. So that's yeah. for the seed stage. Now, and and we're going to announce that soon. Actually, we just raised a very big round A. So I'm at that stage. Like we already have, like actually, I don't want to mention the exact number, but a lot sure. of customers already. Yeah. And you know, now we're starting. Okay, that not growth, but maybe early growth of how do we build that sales machine in a better way before we can really really ramp it up. And um, so it's kind of the fun stage, I guess. Yeah. Where it's like just continue to execute, find what works, let's you know, ditch that, let's double down on what seems to help better in, in terms of sales execution. Um but it's fairly straightforward now that we've positioned everything well, that the product is, you know, it's easy to prove that it's and doing its thing very nicely for any type of like organization size and vertical so it's the fun it's the fun thing. it's basically ramping up helping customers uh, we actually stopped multiple pen tests or so penetration tests, which is fun because that's you know we just proved that we can really stop the attacker that the, we actually fixed that would cause that nobody fixed, uh, which is again part of the fun of
0: you know, making that happen. Yeah. So I know this uh, has just happened, and maybe details have haven't been formally announced yet. But what do you see as like your priority shifting? You you mentioned you know focusing on maybe scaling sales and things like that. So are you like hiring a sales leader, hiring sales reps? Like, what's kind of your your new strategy now with with this new new focus? Hey, yeah, it's basically, you know
1: again, I cannot announce it now, but we already are, we have a few new hires in the US where we are focusing uh, all our efforts, although we have a lot of traction and business also in Europe. Um, So just bringing more people for marketing and sales so that we can help educate the market, explain to them the new way of what we're doing and how this can really help. And then having the, I would say even more, customer obsessed people I don't like to call that sales I just like hey and all of the, the hires that we have so far are like that's amazing that you saw that I want to go and take that and help my customers that I know or any customer really yeah. uh, and it's like more of the, the technical people that know how to talk about what it is that we do and help customers uh, so those are the kind of people that we're hiring and focusing now basically
0: cool okay and I know we, we talked about it a bit in the, uh, in the prep call, um, but could you speak to a little bit more explicitly like how you guys solve this problem and maybe some examples of uh, at least generically, like what types of customers would you be working with? I know it's big companies all the way to small companies.
1: So there are, let's say there's one main theme that always drove my Outlook on how to do things and products, generally speaking, it has to be simple. It just it needs to work like you, you know, you plug whatever to the wall and you get electricity. That's the way it should be. If electricity once in a while would not do that, you would you know you would not use it. You would do something else. So and unfortunately, in the you know enterprise IT slash security business, there are too many vendors that are not delivering that. So that's my key goal. And then also, I don't need five or 10 people project, like you know, years of projects to do something. That's unfortunately something also that the industry just shoved on the shoulders of the customers. Oh, you yeah, like, you want that? Oh yeah, you need like, you know, five year plan on how to implement that with a lot of people. No, that's, that software should be, be smart enough to help that. You don't need to do it yourself. It's like, so, That really drove the simplicity of the deployment, the fact that we are agentless, the fact that it's all API integration that can be done over one hour of Zoom call with us, uh, with our customer success to help make that happen and for for them to then POC fairly quickly. Um, And then just remember the problem is that the network is too open. Well, how do you close? The problem is that old school players um, like micro segmentation is an example, but also all, old school segmentation companies, they rely on manual whitelist, ma- whitelisting or allow listing. Like you would need to specify, okay, Joe can only access that. Can, like, that kind of a thing on the network is too tedious. It's lunacy. Nobody does that. That's why a lot of bots, some of these products, and they're on the shelf. They never use them actually. They never took them and used them. So we figured a way to automate all of that. And to actually also provide self-service if the automation is wrong, because any automation can be a bit wrong maybe. And then if you're missing a network permission, if it's not in the allow list of that server, fine. In real time, you'll get mfa with any MFA provider you want and, and that's it. Now you, you get into that allow list after you specify. And actually we have a patent on that and another patent
0: on some key piece in the automation. Okay. okay. Cool. And how would you, like, once you had, I'll call it an MVP, like a first working beta version of the product, did you just reach out to former customers of yours or friends you had in the industry to to get it going? Yeah. People that trusted me that know I'm not bullshitting them, that I'm (laughs) going to
1: be there and help them. And that also believed in the mission, right? Like we, we can stop, Ransomware from spreading, we can stop lateral movement, we can stop attackers actually. And like they were in fed up with nobody fixing it really in a way that's good. So people like that. That those yeah. are
0: our early customers,
1: basically. Cool. Okay.
0: So what's um I guess one, one of the final questions before we move into the rapid fire round? What's um, What's, you, what's most important for you as you think about growing this business? Like what kind of big picture are you hoping to accomplish with zero with networks? Basically,
1: we're gonna be the next network security 2.0 company. Well, network security should be super easy. Click, every asset is protected. And, you know, We wanna replace Palo Alto, Checkpoint, All of the, like you don't need all of that. Like segmentation should be easy and it should be with a click and no operational cost and no manual label. So that modern network security 2.0 of every asset, wherever it is, on-prem cloud at home
0: in a super easy way. That's what we're gonna be. Cool. That's great. Well, as a, a way to wrap up the interview, we always do a, a rapid fire round where basic premise is, I ask you a couple of quick questions and you respond with whatever comes to mind. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So what book are you currently reading? I'm not reading a book now. <laughs> what is... I'm uh, actually writing a book, but it's oh, uh, cool. a bit too
1: top secret before. Uh, but yeah, it's basically about why life is not easy. That's, it must uh, be a long book. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a fun book and it starts with yeah. physics. There's actually a fundamental reason in physics that propagate
0: all the way into life. Cool. On that. Wow. Excited to read it when uh, when it's no longer top secret. Um, yeah. What's the worst piece of security advice that you've ever received?
1: I don't think I've received security advice, to be honest. Really? Like, nobody gave me a security advice because uh, Well, actually, it's 20 years ago in the army, maybe, but I don't remember, to be honest, yeah.
0: sorry. That's probably for the best. All right, so yeah. last question is, um, if you could go back in time and get a drink with your 20-year-old self, uh, what advice oh. would you give him?
1: Be more confident.
0: Love it. Cool. Yeah. Well, Benny, it was uh, a pleasure to meet you. And thank you so much for, for joining me and uh, excited for your continued success with, uh, with Zero Networks.
1: Thank you very much. Joe. was a pleasure.
0: Thank you.